Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of Eleven's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, alongside my father, Chris Baker, and no special guest this week, unfortunately. We thank you all for tuning in nonetheless. Here's what we got on the menu for you guys today. Breaking news, Teoscar Hernandez has been optioned to AAA Buffalo. We'll get right into that in just a few moments. We'll talk Vlad Jr. We'll talk about the Jays' recent play. We'll talk about Marcus Stroman's struggles. And we'll talk the last week of Blue Jays baseball with a few farm reports as well. Chris, how are you today? I'm good. I feel like a pair of mittens just found in the lost and found box. It's nice to be back. Weird comparison, but it works. <laughs> well, you know, I was joining, I, you know, last two weeks, you got Dan Schulman, you got Scott MacArthur, who did a great job filling in for me for the entire episode last week. And yeah, so, I mean, that was awesome. And thanks to Scott for doing that. That was awesome to, to listen to. And uh, I've listened to it a couple times. You guys did a great job. Thank you very much. Obviously, Scott was a great guest. So was Dan Schulman. It's always amazing to have guests on the show. But let's jump right into things. We won't make you wait any longer. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We will skip over Teoscar for now. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has seemed to have seems to have returned to his minor league self. Over the past week, we've started to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. return to form, and boy, has it been fun to watch. Guerrero got off to a slow start to his big league career, but started to get his timing down with base hits like his. 118.9 mile per hour single against the White Sox, and then his first two career big league home runs on Tuesday. Do you think that we're now going to see Vlad Jr. like we saw him in the minors? Well, I think that, uh, you know, there's a good shot at that. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't put that kind of pressure right back on him as soon as he just started hitting again. But it's good to see that after he got out of the that sort of funk and home runs that not only did he get his first, he got his second too in the same game, which is great. Uh, and by the way, shout out to Ben Wagner on his call of that first home run for, for Vladdy. That was awesome. Fantastic. Um, call. And, uh, and you know what? I, I mean, I think, you know, he's certainly showing way better plate discipline than he did when he first got to the big leagues. Uh, and he's uh, that game in particular was a good game. I know yesterday he had an offer, but he did, I believe have a walk uh in that game so uh you know he's seeing pitches better he's seeing the better pitches um and swinging at them he's not as swinging at all the balls like he had been and i you know i think he's getting pitched a little better in the number two spot i mean let's be honest we've been calling for this move for weeks now what was he doing in the fifth spot he wasn't getting any pitches to hit and as soon as he moves up to two he's seeing it better getting more pitches to hit um, I think you've seen a real improvement there, and I think he feels comfortable at the top of the order. I don't know why you would ever move him now, um, and uh, and great to see Vladdy has has arrived. Now, when you ask, can he repeat his tearing up of the minor leagues? Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily think that he could do anywhere near what he did in the minors. I mean, hitting three eighty or four hundred double A, you're not going to hit four hundred in the big leagues. But I mean, I have him see the ball and start hitting the ball more like the minor league player that he was. Yeah, I agree. I think he's getting there. I think, uh, I think it's a natural, we know the kid's going to hit. Oh, What's yeah. been really impressive though is his defense. And uh, you know, there are some really tough plays he's making out there and, and you're not seeing any major issues with, um, with errors. He's had a couple, but I mean, they all do. And, and uh, the defense is certainly nothing to be worried about. And we know he's going to hit, so I knew that slump wasn't going to last. And, yeah, I think he's arriving. And you, you definitely see some 
similarities to his minor league career very shortly. Yeah, for sure. And going back to the lineup, I mean, we've been saying it ever since he came up. It's ridiculous that he was hitting that five spot because, listen, you're not going to get any pitches to hit in front of Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney. You're going to get a few more pitches to hit in front of Rowdy Telez, but not as many as you're going to get hitting in front of Justin Smoke. So the fact well, that he even started in yeah. that five spot – well, listen. Who are you gonna Who are you gonna pitch? Who would you rather pitch to in the in the Blue Jays lineup? Like, is there anyone? Is there anyone that's really that good? That's protection for Vladdy? No. Justin Smoke is the best thing the Blue Jays have. Okay, I guess. So yeah. So but I, 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 but he's not even hitting in front of Smoke. Isn't he hitting in front of Grichik? No, Grichik's batting fourth. Oh, batting fourth. Okay, which is yeah. where Grichik should be right now with Smoke's struggles. But um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, we all know, and the big leagues know that Grichik's or Grichik, sorry. It, uh, Smoke is going to turn it around. He always does. So, um, so you're right. So he's still getting better pitches to hit with Smoke even struggling, just because you don't want to be that pitcher that turns Smoke around. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they're still pitching, you know, to Vladdy to see if they can get it. It's it's good. I mean, it's good. It's a good spot in the lineup for him to be. I wouldn't move him any further down right now. It seems to be working out well for him. Uh, but I could see him in the three or four hole eventually. But I just. Uh, I think number two is a good spot for him. Well, you know what? Josh Donaldson always hit second in his most successful years. Clearly, it can work. And I would not be shocked if Vlad Guerrero Jr. enjoys that two spot and lives there. Well, and you're giving your arguably your best hitter, because he's going to be, let's be honest, uh, an extra at bat per game by having him up in the two spot as well. So, um, you know, it, the fifth spot was baffling to me. I mean, I understood the first day they did it just to give him, you know, less pressure and things like that. But as it kept happening and kept happening and kept happening, I thought, this is just ridiculous. But anyway, they uh, they changed it up. He's in the number two spot. He's hitting. He's got his first two dingers of the year. He's uh, off and running now. Yes, and it will be very tough to stop him because if he's anything like the guy he was in the minors and anything like the hitter everyone says he is, because, and we know he is, it'll be tough to stop. Moving on, the Blue Jays have not been as putrid of late. Last week, we had Scott MacArthur on the show, who was not too nice to the Jays, with every reason not to be. However, in recent games, the Blue Jays have started playing better baseball. So was Charlie Montoyo's press conference where he dropped a couple of F-bombs and said frick a couple of times, frickin' <laughs> stuff like that. Was that a wake-up call for a lot of the players? Well, I, I would imagine that the press conference was the least of what he actually said. I would, I would think that in the closed clubhouse doors and perhaps on the plane, there may have been a few more F-bombs than that and uh, uh, maybe louder tone of voice as well. And so there should be. Um, I think you're right. I think right in that area, whether that came from the press conference or what he actually did in the clubhouse was probably a big turning point. They know he's not going to be messed with. And, uh, and that's a good thing. He needs to be that way with the young core that's coming up and uh, just setting expectations. I've noticed a couple times he's called them my kids, um, which is kind of helping to separate himself a little bit from, from the team itself and that, I think, is needed uh, based on, you know, what we've seen so far. And certainly the results haven't been there. Loved Scott's takes last week. And it was, you know, it was fun to listen to a few times just because, you know, he certainly was passionate and animated about it and should have been because that was the worst stretch of baseball I think I have ever ever seen the Toronto Blue Jays play. Um, 
and you know it was thankfully it's over you're right they're playing a little better now um not much better but a little not better. much better there's not a ton going on well for them right now especially since uh stroman seems to be struggling which i know is coming up so it's just uh it, it's it's better than it was but there wasn't much to do to improve it i mean <laughs> let's face it the team was so horrendously awful that anything they did would improve the week of baseball that we saw prior to the last podcast. Yeah, and since the last podcast, there have been five games, three against the White Sox, two against the Giants. They won two of those games. I mean, it's not bad, but the losses that they had, they didn't play great baseball. Uh, I mean, yesterday, being Wednesday the 15th in San Francisco, they didn't play that terribly. The offense wasn't there. But you know what? It wasn't that bad of a game. And the two losses for the White Sox, they weren't playing their best baseball, but they've started to turn around a little bit of late. Like you said, you didn't have to do much to have a better week than the one that they had prior to this one. But it's good to see that they're turning it around at least a little bit. couple more topics to hit on, so let's move right along. Marcus Stroman started the year as one of, if not the best Blue Jays starter in the rotation. But ever since, it has not been pretty. So what have you noticed? And we'll get into his meltdown on the mound in a minute. What have you noticed or what do you think changed causing this hefty decline? It's difficult to say. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I mean, you don't see a lot of mechanical differences, which usually when this happens, that's a big, a big thing. He's leaving the ball up a little more. He's, so he's given up a couple of dingers that he hadn't yet. He had gone a really long time. I forget the exact number without giving up a dinger um, and uh, and to start the season. And then all of a sudden that just stopped happening and, and he's getting hit around. I don't think that the league is figuring him out in any new way, um, but it just, it is kind of baffling to see the drastic difference. I mean, you know, you'd, you'd expect to see one or two starts here and there where he's not necessarily great, but at the same time, uh, to see it three steps row where he hasn't been at his best is a little, a little deeply concerning. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I don't necessarily know. Um, Marcus has not looked like himself in a lot of his outings on the mound. And it's not like he's getting much run support, which doesn't necessarily boost your confidence as a pitcher because you want your offense to score your runs. And the Blue Jays are not doing that for Marcus right now. Um, but it's not like he's been helping himself out very much either. Like he hasn't given the Blue Jays a quality start in a very long time and he's not been having great outings. He's been allowing, allowing a lot of runs. One thing he's done really well though this season, he's been a great leader. Yeah, he has. I mean, he has, he's showing leadership ability and that's great. I mean, that was something I questioned from day six of Marcus <laughs> Stroman's career. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, uh, got myself blocked on Twitter for calling him uh, something. What was it? Uh, Ricky Stromero, I believe it was. It did yeah. not sit well Pretty with him. And he blocked that, me. Actually. Yeah, but he. Uh, uh, but I, I mean, and you know, lately it's been a completely different Stroman for mo- for the most part. Uh, still a lot of selfies on social media, but um, but he's being a leader in the clubhouse, and that's all you can ask for him to be. Yeah, and I mean, we know all about selfies and how annoying how annoying they can get, but. 
Um, Strowman's been really good in the clubhouse this year, and uh, he's been he's been a great leader for the young kids. One thing that wasn't very leaderish though was that last start against the Chicago White Sox, where he ripped Charlie Montoya and P. Walker in the dugout, but also showed visible frustration on the mound. Before I share any of my thoughts, I wanted to get your opinion on what went down that day. Well, it was atrocious behavior, but his counterpart, Aaron Sanchez, wasn't much better uh, a week earlier. So uh, at least he didn't do it on the mound, but he certainly did it in front of the cameras, talking about his team calling them out when he, uh, in fact, was terrible that day as well. It's one thing if you're lights out as a pitcher and calling out your team for dropping the ball around you, but he wasn't any good either. So he wasn't within his right to make comments like that. Uh, and then this was Strowman's moment. This was Strowman's moment to get frustrated. There's going to be these types of moments in a rebuilding team because this is an infuriating part of the season into weeks like the Blue Jays were having, and they just simply aren't good all the time, and and it's going to be frustrating for some of the players and pitchers. Do I think what Marcus Stroman did on the mound was right? No, I think it was wrong. You never show your manager up, especially out in public. Uh, do I want, as Charlie Montoyo said, to have a guy who doesn't want to come out of the game? Absolutely. You want that competitive fire. But again, you don't want to be shown up. Uh, and he definitely did that to both his manager and pitching coach that day. Ridiculous is what I thought of it. You don't show up your manager. I don't care if you don't want to come out of the game. No one wants to come out of the game. You're playing a baseball game. You're playing on the field in the big leagues. No one wants to come out of the game, but sometimes you have to for, for what works best for your team. Obviously, didn't work out that night. Who cares? Other nights it's worked out. Don't show up your manager on the mound. Don't show up your manager in the dugout. Don't show up your pitching coach in the dugout. They make the best move that they think they can that they, that they think they could possibly make. And was it the right time to t- put in Derek Law? Maybe not. Maybe he coughed up the whole game. But that is not your job to tell Charlie Montoyo. You cannot tell Charlie Montoyo that you would have done that better because who knows if you would have. You were struggling in that inning and you don't know that you would have been much better than Derek Law was. And you can't go after your pitching coach either. They made a gut decision. Didn't work out that night. I can't say that it won't work out another time. Ridiculous that Marcus Stroman showed up as manager. I think it was unprofessional and not very leader-like for a guy who's really impressed me in that department this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I mean, it, it's you, obviously he's fired you up about it, uh, but I, I, I do, I do agree with all of what you've said. You, you know, he is your manager, and you cannot show him up. And, and while his decision did not work out for the team, you couldn't have known that when he was coming out to the mound. And so, uh, and like you said, it could have worked out perfectly in another situation on another day. And so, really, showing up your manager is is not the way to go. It's very. Um, uh, it's very sad that, that a, a supposedly self-proclaimed leader of this clubhouse would do something like that. But at the same time, I understand frustrations to a point when the team is that bad. I get frustrations. When the team is sucking and you have the lowest run support in the MLB, it gets frustrating. But here's what you do when you're frustration has reached a boiling point. You go into that clubhouse and you organize a players-only meeting or something. You talk to the players in the clubhouse to get them to share what they're doing on offense and how they can make it better. Because sometimes it's good to have a pitcher's approach. 
How would Marcus Stroman attack Randall Gritchick? How would Marcus Stroman attack Randy Telez? That's it's a it's good sometimes to have a pitcher's approach for a hitter because then they can adapt and they can and they can change things based on what a fellow or based on what a pitcher would do to them. And Marcus Stroman is a darn good pitcher. So that's a that's a great that's great input to have. You cannot take that on your manager. If Marcus Stroman is truly the leader he's shown us he can be early on this season, that's what he would have done. He would have gone to the clubhouse, he would have talked to his offensive players and like, "Hey, what are you doing at the plate right now? Cuz you're struggling. So what 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 are you doing?" And they would have shared. Marcus would have helped them out and all would have worked out. Marcus did the least professional thing and the least leader-like thing he could have possibly done, and I'm not going to bash him for it even more than I already have because it gets frustrating. I understand that. But you cannot, in any circumstance whatsoever, show up your manager or show up your pitching coach. Agreed. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's simple as that. It was unprofessional, and it can't happen again. Moving on to the breaking news of the day. Teoscar Hernandez has been optioned to AAA Buffalo. Hernandez has been struggling at the plate all year, and his defense has gotten narrowly better. But not by much. What do you make of the move? Uh, it's a great move. It's a great move. Listen, I know they've been trying to give Teoscar as many opportunities as possible to fix his defense and also to get his offense to come around. It just hasn't happened. Four strikeout day yesterday was atrocious. Uh, yesterday being the 15th of May. You can't, you can't accept that. That's not a major league player. And and if he was some sort of defensive wizard out there, maybe you'd give him extra time to get his bat right. But he is far, <laughs> far from that. He is maybe the worst wizard I've ever seen in my entire magical career. But and you, uh, and you've seen a lot of wizards. I have seen a lot of wizards, Dylan, and this one is the worst. But uh, <laughs> but he uh, he is just not there defensively uh, and not even close, if you ask me. I get it. He improved over last year. That doesn't make him a good player. Anybody who's like, oh, he, he, he improved since last year, great. He improved from being terrible to a little less terrible, but still terrible. That's not okay. That is not a major leaguer, and this is a – this is a move that has been a long time coming, and I'm going to hazard a guess here, Dylan. We are not going to see him again in a Blue Jays uniform. Wow. That, that is, is my a, prediction. That is a hot take. <laughs> that wow. is a hot take. Tales I am going Hernandez to say. We'll no longer be seen in a Blue Jays uniform. I can't I necessarily you, disagree with you. I think it's well, a possibility. You've got, yeah, and you've got Jonathan Davis coming up. You've got... Anthony Alford still out there. Any of those guys, Dylan, are better than Teoscar Hernandez. I'm sorry. He's just not a major leaguer. And he has done nothing to prove to me or to anyone else that he is. He's got his hot spurts where he has a hot September of home runs, but nothing hot defensively ever. And, and you can't take that kind of play on a contending team. And that is ultimately what this team wants and aspires to be. So if they are wanting and aspiring to be a contending and World Series winning team down the road, Teoscar Hernandez cannot be a part of that. I don't anticipate he will be a part of that. And this move likely closes the door on a Blue Jays career that was less than ideal. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, less than ideal is a good way to put it. And obviously, Teoscar Hernandez was probably not going to be a part of the future. I mean, when you botch a ball in the outfield and claim it was your eye, it's not necessarily a great look on you. And I get it. He's got some eye issue where he wears the glasses and the lights. But it was a, it was a nice, it was actually a cloudy day in Boston. And in the afternoon, the lights weren't on. You have no excuses not to catch that ball. And you cannot make an excuse that your eye has some issue. No, that's the ball you should have caught. And Teoscar Hernandez is brutal defensively. His offense has not been good this year. I still think that he will come up one more time in a Blue Jays uniform, but I don't think he'll be a part of the future. Um, in a corresponding move, Richard Arania was called up from AAA Buffalo. And poor Richard Arania. I mean, the guy's been raking in the big leagues, but he hasn't gotten very many opportunities. I mean, he's been sent down twice this season. One of them to make room for Vlad Guerrero Jr., which I think was completely worth it. But um, Richard Arania was called up. Now you have a ton of infielders on your roster. So if you're the Blue Jays, how do you balance the playing time of Justin Smoke, Rowdy Telez, Eric Sogard, Brandon Drury, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Freddie Galvis, and Richard Arena? Well, this is another interesting move because I I just don't understand why you don't bring Kevin Vigio up. I get it. Uh, you know, maybe now is not the contending time. You don't want to waste his service time, yada, yada, yada. He's 24 years old. Take him for his best years and use him now. Get him up here. He's He can be an outfielder. I guess Brandon Drury now becomes an outfielder with Teoscar gone, but um, – you know, I I just don't get this Urania deal. Like, it all it tells me is that they're just messing around with BGO and and Urania. Just, I'm even surprised Guriel Jr. wasn't brought back. Then, if you're mm-hmm. going to bring somebody back, bring back Lourdes. Um, very very surprised by this move. Poor Richard Urania. I have a feeling that this is again going to be the bust of Buffalo. Uh, and and you know, you're right. He has been up and down, up and down, and um, I just don't see that ending because I don't see him as a permanent staple in this Blue Jays lineup at any time soon. Whereas you could maybe see Guriel as long as he doesn't get the yips again and he's hitting still, uh, potentially staying with the team as a force infielder. Um, and then, of course, the kids, Kevin Biggio coming up, maybe an Alford. Me and, and, and I just think that that's – I was going to say Bichette, but then I realize he's not – playing at the moment but um but yeah i mean that's the thing like the the new wave is coming so bring them bring them let them play together let them make mistakes together let them be here together so that they can learn abigio's ready he's been raking in triple a there's no reason not to bring him up uh and and i'm not sure i understand this corresponding move at all you let them learn together and you let them make mistakes together you also let them walk in free agency together by doing this. Because <laughs> true, true. you bring up Kevin Biggio right now, he becomes a free agent the same year that Vlad Guerrero Jr. does. And the Blue Jays don't want that. They want to avoid that. And understandably I, so. I mean, you don't want to have I get that, best... Dylan, but the same th- at the same time, you know that the CBA is going to change. Service time is going to change. You're probably going to see them extend Guerrero anyway at some point. 
and it's going to go into his free agency years because when they extend superstars, it always does. If I'm this front office, I still take the risk that they might all walk in the same year because you know what's going to happen? If all three of them are great and you want to keep all three, somebody's getting extended well before their free agency and they're not going to hit free agency all at the same time. So if that's how short-sighted this front office is being, saying, well, we don't anticipate spending money, so we're not going to be extending any of these guys so that means they're all going to hit free agency at the same time then then let the garbage clowns unite because that they would have been right this whole time if you're a front office and you're not planning to extend any of your kids and any of your young core and avoiding the situation of them all hitting free agency at the same time and you actually think that's a high risk that means you're not managing this team to win long term and that means you are the people that the garbage clowns say you are so the reality is you are likely to extend one or two of Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, and Vladdy Jr. And that means they will not hit, hit free agency at the same time, which means there's no excuse for, bringing a raking, for not bringing a raking Biggio up. I can't disagree with you on that. Um, I think the Blue Jays front office is going to be willing to spend money. Um, and I don't know what's, what they're waiting for with Kevin Biggio and Otis Goriel. I, I try to find... Well, Lourdes Goriel's got to work on his defense. I get that. But Kevin Biggio, I've been trying to find reasons for it for the past couple of weeks. Kevin Biggio deserves to be in the big leagues. No excuses. That's final. He deserves to be in a Blue Jays uniform right now. Let's take a look at the last week in Blue Jays baseball. Um, on Friday night, the opener worked, and it's likely to be needed again since the Jays have a solid nobody in AAA Buffalo. All the starters down there have not been good. However, in double-A, Yenzi Diaz and Nate Pearson both dominated their double-A starts. Diaz had a complete game, two-hit shutout. Nate Pearson had two perfect innings. In case you're unaware, Nate Pearson goes on a five-inning, two-inning schedule. Uh, Marcus Stroman continues to scuffle. Aaron Sanchez was sharp against the White Sox, striking out 11. But one bad inning caused it to look like a bad outing. Um, The bats are inconsistent as ever. What a shocker there. That's been the last 17 weeks in Blue Jays baseball. Uh, Vlad is Vlad seems to be back, and Trent Thornton got his first big league win. And congratulations to Edwin Jackson on playing for his record-breaking 14th team. He had a pretty good outing against the Giants yesterday. Uh, the error by Billy McKinney in right field didn't help him. Uh, anything you want to add? 100 miles, Giles. 100 saves. Oh, yeah. That happened, too. Forgot about that. That's my bad. Ken Giles, congratulations to him on 100 saves. So, this has been episode 29 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker. Thank you very much to my dad, Chris, for joining me today. Gold, Sir Sly, walking you out. We will see you all next week.